0: Hello everybody, Uh, welcome to theplanter.com. Welcome to the podcast actually, uh, where we talk about lifestyle growth and faith. And today I'm really happy because we're gonna be talking talking about a topic which is pretty controversial, especially in the church and just in life in general. Um, We're gonna be talking actually about overcoming depression. I'm really excited to introduce to you a very, very close friend of mine by the name of Shopee Ogundipe.
1: Hi, (laughs) hi everyone. I'm Shopee.
0: That's my friend. (laughs) That's my friend. So we're going to just talk about this topic, which um, I don't know. A lot of people really don't talk about it too much or don't know how to deal with it. And I feel like the church doesn't know how to deal with it. So basically, I just wanted you to come on and basically just describe who you are and how your journey has been and how you got to where you are now, because for me, I know her as a very strong prayer warrior and somebody who is really deep-rooted in Christ. So, and she went through a couple of things back in her day, so I would love for her to share her story with all of you. So we can get right into it. So basically... For those who don't know you, uh, tell us about yourself and who you are.
1: Okay. Um, well, first, thank you so much for having a prayer warrior and stuff. You know, you always need encouragement in your spiritual walk. Um, and for those who don't know me, I am 21 years old. Um, I am aspiring fashion CEO and, um, based on the, you know, the topic of this talk, as you well know, um, I overcame depression. Um, I would say that the main chunk of it occurred during my high school years, um, through uh, the summer of my freshman year going into sophomore year, all the way into the summer right before um, senior year of high school. So roughly two and a half, three years was probably the most intense, um, time in my life where I battled depression and, um, it's definitely an ongoing battle, something that I have to remember to keep in check constantly, not constantly as an every day, not anymore at least. Um, it's just something that I definitely have to keep track of and be attentive towards. Um, and I just thank God for being able to, uh, turn to him and, and make it through that time
0: awesome thank you for shedding some light into that so if you don't mind explaining to us like what exactly was your experience dealing with it like what what did you go through in those two to three years
1: um well for me now in um in hindsight I can definitely say that it definitely started to, to, uh, develop my, my kind of depressive state in middle school when, um, I was very, very anti me. I guess you could say I didn't like, um, where I was from. I didn't like, for those of you who don't know, I'm Nigerian. I didn't like being Nigerian. I didn't like being Nigerian in a mostly white neighborhood. I didn't like being black. I didn't like being dark skin. I didn't like the fact that my hair didn't lay and that I couldn't find my makeup color, like all my other friends at CVS and all the other stores. And uh, basically I was just very, very rebellious against everything that essentially made me who I was. So I kind of, um, I guess you could say started trying on these masks or trying these different personas, like around sixth grade I was trying to be this very popular girl who was, you know, always sucking up to the people who I thought were the coolest people in in the class and then seventh grade I was just a horrible student, skipping class all the time, cussing all the time, getting kicked out of class, constantly in lunch detention. Then by eighth grade, I was this super expressive, artistic girl who um, had her eyes set on fashion being some very deeply artistic person. And, you know, to make a long story short, I was just trying to, to fit in somewhere by making myself into a certain kind of person that would get along with this group of people or that group of people and never questioning, like, am I happy? Do I like this? Do I like who I am? Is this who I really am? And then by the end of freshman year of high school, I had started going to a high school that was out of my neighborhood that I didn't know anybody at, um, because I was just so, so, uh, sick of being around those uh, people from middle school that I knew I had to change. So I went to a, a magnet school outside of my area And by the end of my freshman year, uh, I realized that I had no idea who I was and that completely flipped my world upside down. Uh, You know, we live in in a country and in a world where we have so much pressure to always be sure of our next move. So at the time I was thinking I'm supposed to be applying to college in two, three years. I'm supposed to know what I want to do, but I don't even know. I don't even know who I am, you know, on a basic level. Like, what's my favorite color? Do I like my friends? Do I like myself? You know, do I like my family? Like, these are questions that I couldn't answer. And it started to send me down a very dark, spiraling path. And I tried to ignore it and push it aside. And, um, I just, it started to feel like someone else was living my life. Like I'd be, I would be walking through the halls and I felt like I was having an outer body experience. Like I wasn't even present in my everyday life. And, um, then that's when the self deprecating and destructive thoughts came in of, well, you're not worth getting to know, you know, you, you are nobody. That's why you don't know who you are because you're nothing. And, um, because you don't deserve to be anything. You never will be anything. That's like that began. And that's really when the depression started to set in very heavily. And I started to identify myself as nothing as this person who is worthless. Like, because I could not find out who I was, I decided to label myself as nothing. So that's kind of in a nutshell, where all where it all began and where the the foundation of it started to to fester.
0: That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's especially the enabling yourself as nothing. I think I for sure I I think I met you maybe at the end of that stage for you or maybe mm-hmm. I don't even know, girl.
1: <laughs> but
0: funny enough. I don't know I didn't
1: even notice yeah that's um one of the the um the downfalls and I guess you could say uh talents in a very dark way that you learn I think a lot of times when you are depressed is because it came from not knowing myself and trying to be someone who I wasn't um it was very easy for me to to put on a facade and an air that I am okay, that I'm this outgoing bubbly girl, that, you know, I'm okay. Like you, you you get used to putting on this mask of what other people expect of you and what you wish that you were. And you keep that that inner um that inner just self hate, that inner darkness at bay as much as you can. I remember um a typical day in my life, um junior No, yeah, junior and sophomore year, you could say is, let's say, the bus came around 5.45 in the morning, so I would usually get up, cry in the shower, because the water would be wiping away my tears, so when I got out, um, my dad, who drove me to the bus stop, wouldn't be able to tell that I was crying in the morning, and because it was still dark outside, it was still pitch black, because it was so early in the morning, once I got on the bus, I would sit at the very back in the last seat and I'd wait to make sure everyone else was like asleep or had their headphones in or distracted. And I would just sit and I would just cry and cry and cry. And then when we got close to school, I would start putting my makeup on. So by the time the sun came up and that we were all at school and ready to go, I was I had my full face on. I had my mask on and I could play the role that I needed to play of the, the nonchalant, bubbly high school girl for the remainder of the school hours until I got home later that day. So, yeah.
0: And I wonder, did anybody ask you at any point, like, what's going on with you? Did anybody, friends, anybody, anybody notice? <laughs> um at the beginning,
1: no, no one asked because I could handle it so well. But towards the end, like I would say, the beginning of junior year, I started to get very scared, um, because you know it was time to take the SATs and time to go to college, and and people were, you know, their first two three years of high school, people really I guess I like, find out who they are and they grow up a lot and. I was so stunted in this, in this dark place that I was so far behind my peers. And I felt it started to give me this feeling of that that was drowning in my own, my own abyss of just sadness and darkness. And I was, it's like, I felt like I was seeing all my other friends go on in life without me. So I decided to reach out and tell, um, I think I told two, three people, three people about it. Um, no, four. And, um, Three people mostly just didn't under. They basically said, you know, I don't understand. Like, why, why are you so sad? that like they didn't under. They didn't get it. They just thought it was me, like letting. I guess letting stuff get to me oh, like it's in, in, in a way. Your head type of thing. Hmm.
0: Like it's in your head.
1: Almost like it's it's in my head, and like they couldn't understand how I was feeling things so deeply. Like to them, it's just like, aren't you sad? Why are you saying as if the world is ending? You know, why am I talking and feel like, why am I, you know, they didn't understand the depth of my emotion. And then um, one of my friends was very upfront with me and just like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, like life is not that hard. It's not that deep. Like, you know, you can't feel like your world is falling apart after every single instance because by this time i was doing horrendously in school because it, you know I, I just i didn't believe i was ever going to be anything so what was the point of putting effort into my future so every time i would fail at something even though i was the one causing myself to fail i would say i would almost use that as proof like see i failed so i am a failure so i am nothing it was i was almost becoming i was becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy and it was becoming a catch twenty two, and no one could understand that I was kind of stuck in this cycle. Um, and um, obviously, it's hard for people who um, it's 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 hard once you've reached I think that stage uh, where you you've kind of lost yourself and you've gotten complacent and identified yourself with the depression, and it's something that you know now for people to. To understand from the outside looking in, so I don't blame anybody but I will definitely say to anyone listening who has a family member who is depressed has gone through depression you feel like is on the verge of depression nine times out of ten they really just want someone to to listen that's what I wanted I didn't want anybody to tell me how to fix my problems I wanted someone to tell me that my problems were normal that they were okay, that I wasn't crazy, that, that, oh, you feel worthless. Okay. We'll deal with that. Let's move on from that. Instead of being like, why do you feel worthless? Um, that's not okay. You shouldn't feel that way. You're worth this. You're worth it. Like, you know, when you, when you're in that mindset, nothing that you hear from the outside can really, it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't really touch your heart. You just feel like it's a whole bunch of nonsense other people are spewing because they don't understand your problems. So, I think number 1, if you don't understand, don't act like you do, and it's okay if you don't. Um, just don't don't try to pull somebody maybe out of it in a way that that they wouldn't be ready. So don't be like, "You know what? Here, we're just we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You're fine. Don't worry about it." Like that's it's kind of almost like you're belittling what they're going through. So, yeah
0: so basically we just need to improve on our listening skills
1: definitely definitely um i remember um but that's that's a it's a double it's a double um sided sword because although i did need someone to listen to me i also did need someone to kind of uh, kick me in the butt and and make me realize that the world doesn't revolve around me mm. um and that came later that came towards the end that realization so um, don't try to rush that. That's kind of something that person has to know Good point. for themselves.
0: <laughs> Good point, right there. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, because I remember one time when I started to get to the point where I was having a lot of panic attacks. I couldn't go through one period of class without having to like leave the room to get fresh air. I was just constantly in a state of always about to break down. Um, like it was, it was more like I was breathing in between the crying as opposed to crying in between the breathing mm. um and uh my friend was just like I remember distinctly we were in biology class and she said if you're just going to keep complaining I don't want to hear about this anymore and oh my goodness I felt like she had stabbed me in the heart really yes I did I mean, this is one of my best friends and a good friend of mine still now um I just, you know, she was just like, you just have to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And she was just like, like, she basically was just like, everybody has problems. Like, get over it. Get over it yourself. And I thought, this is the end of our friendship. She doesn't understand me. She doesn't care. She thinks this is just a trivial issue. Like, you know, this is this is how I feel. Like, my feelings aren't, aren't something that I can control, nor are they something that, you know, I want. You know, it was just, you know, I, I, um it really, it really, really was hurtful at the time. But I remember after the day she said that, I couldn't stop hearing that sentence in my head every single day. And even sometimes now, five, four or five years later, I hear that in my head. I hear that voice. I'm in that room again, hearing her say, if you're not, if if you're just going to keep complaining, I don't want to hear about it. And I think what resonated with me with that was her saying, are you fighting for yourself? Okay. If you're not gonna start trying to actively fix whatever's going on with you, I don't wanna hear about it anymore, you know? And that's what I think really kick-started me into thinking, is, is, like, is this what I want for me? Is this Is this the end for me? Like, is this it, you know? so
0: do you yeah. feel like possibly God had to use that girl in that moment and maybe he was being that was his voice letting you know that do you think that now possibly you're you know just asking
1: actually I've never until like until you just say this I've never actually thought that to be the case but that could definitely a hundred percent be the case I think um now with my understanding of what self-love is of what it means to love other people, of what it means to receive love from other people, I think I you know you you have to understand that it's something that you need to constantly work at and I didn't think that at the time you know I think especially when you're younger you think loving yourself is something that comes natural to some people and if you don't that there's something wrong with you. Um, but looking back now, that could have definitely been. You know, the voice of God trying to jolt me out of this mind state, kind of him saying, you know, I love you so much. I, I you know, I set myself down across from you. How could you not be fighting for yourself the way I fought for you? True. I could definitely, definitely see how that was a divine moment for sure.
0: Okay. So basically, a little tough love is kind of <laughs> what got you out of that state. Yes. I'm yes. But just the fact that tough love, not just being tough, not yes. just being negligent to who exactly. you are and how you're feeling, because I feel like sometimes we, even I'm gonna speak for Nigerians too, we don't acknowledge mental health, mm-hmm. and we feel that ah, it's just an American thing. In Nigeria, we don't we don't have this thing, or you know, or other places we don't have this thing, which is untrue. Mm-hmm. so it has to come from what I'm hearing from you. I think everybody could agree it comes from a place of love, not a place of judgment, not a place of you know just putting that other person down and being negligent of their feelings. Mm-hmm.
1: if you're gonna mm-hmm. speak
0: in that way to that person, it better be from a place of love, yes,
1: definitely. and um, I think that that also needs to like that's definitely something other people who maybe from the outside are looking in, or saying, you know, love is something that surpasses understanding. So if you don't understand what someone who's depressed is going through, that's okay. You don't need to understand it to love them. And I think that that's one of the most reassuring things you can say to someone is, hey, I don't know what you're going through. I've never felt this way before. Um, I, I can't pretend to tell you that I, I, I know how to help you. I know how to fix this. But even not understanding all this, I want you to know that I do love you and that I am here for you, you know, and that our, the love I have for you and the relationship that we have, whatever that relationship may be, whether it be a relative or a close friend, is not going to be altered due to the fact that I don't understand this. So that's definitely true. And that's all to say, though, that that point, you know, was... The tipping point for me because after that that's when everything got so bad like even though that would that that
0: I that um that one.
1: <laughs> that one moment happened um everything from there on out got oh. so much worse because I think you know you could you definitely probably are right that that was the voice from God and maybe the devil got scared and then he came for me he came for me with you know everything he had because who wow. the the months following that that time were the hardest and darkest for me wow yeah that's when um all my my social um ticks started to begin my um, anxiety grew um it's around the time where what I claim to be probably the worst day of my life um happened uh because I had to bring myself to to the point where it was like, okay, am I fighting for myself? And then the question arises within myself, should I? Am I someone worth fighting for? So that's when the internal turmoil and battle and storm really, really began because that's when fighting my depression started because I had to think I am worth fighting for. And if I don't think I'm anything, how do you bring yourself to that point to fight for yourself, you know? And, um, I just remember, um, this is kind of, you know, wrapping it up to the day that I feel like, you know, God pulled me out of, of that depressive state is, um, I was in church and I was just crying to my, my small group on Sunday morning about how everything is so dark. Everything is so bleak. My life is this, my life is that, um, you know, just really hurting. And, um, at this point I hadn't looked in a mirror um, in probably like two and a half weeks, just because of the sheer fact that, um, I felt like when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see anything and that would just scare me down to my soul that, that, that shook me completely. I thought it was, it's just, it, w- it was just a very outer body, otherworldly, spiritual experience for me. And, um, basically my small group just started crying. And um, she asked me to go into the bathroom with her so that we could pray. But I refused because on the way to the bathroom in my church, there's a row of mirrors. And I thought she was going to make me look into a mirror, which then uh, led me to like a psychological breakdown. Um, and I started to like shake and, and hyperventilate and cry. And I'm like, no, you're going to make me look in the mirrors. You're going to make me look in the mirrors. Like I did, It's almost like I didn't want to come face to face with who and I had become because when I looked at, when I saw myself, I didn't look like someone worth fighting for. So it was, it was a self, it was self-defeating and it was hurtful and painful for me. So eventually though, she got me into the bathroom and she just got on her knees and started crying. And I was in the corner of the stall, like squeezed as small as I could to make sure not even a hair on my body could be reflected into the mirror just you know shaking my head and just shaking from from head to toe um and she was just like please just come and pray with me she's on her knees crying with the bible open just please come and pray with me come and pray with me um and and she said something that um that uh earlier not at, the, at that day but she had said something that that kind of just dropped into my head. I'm sure that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But um, a lot of times we view our relationship with God like we are, let's say, as a metaphor, we're in this this pit, in this um, hole in the ground. And we're reaching up, reaching up, trying to grab onto something, to lift ourselves out up out of it so that we can see God and so that we can reach him and um that we can have that that connection with him. When in reality, no matter how far we reach, no matter how shallow that pit is or how deep it is, or how high we climb up, or what where we are will never, ever be close enough for us to reach God. It's all about him reaching down to have a relationship with us. Nice. We're not deserving or powerful enough to ever reach God, you know, in the sense of earning him to like to, to reach out and grab his hand he reached out and grabbed ours he didn't need us we need him and um it just dawned on me that I need to stop trying to save myself and let God reach down into where I was and how I was feeling and into my heart and into my body into my life really and pick me up out of that I had to surrender and um in that moment I did thank God glory to be to God and he pulled me out of that time and out of that place, and um, I've never been the same ever since. Uh, it was it was a hard day, uh, but and there, a lot more happened. There's a, you know a lot. The story's a lot more in depth than that. But in a nutshell, that's basically how my time of depression came to it, it, its 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 end in in a big way.
0: And I'm so happy that you are not like that anymore because i know for me for sure and i can speak for a lot of our friends you have been a light unto us you have really blessed us with your words you have a gift with words your comforting spirit you're wanting to help everybody especially in all of our emotional turmoils you've been there so i am so happy that you surrendered that day oh and God, i am so <laughs> i'm i'm so happy and i'm just so grateful that you actually came on here to share that this is a very bold thing to do especially who you are mm. this is a very bold thing that you're doing so i'm so grateful and so and i'm and i pray that whoever listens is going to be blessed surely blessed by what you're saying and You know, it's going to cause a lot of people to look within themselves, too, and a lot of communities, too, to look within their people and see what's going on. So just to ask the question, um, how do you, as of now, not fall back into that state? Like, what do you do so you don't fall back into that mindset, to that destructive behavior? Um, Well, first I'll say... um,
1: that, uh, how do do I put this? Um, that it required a lot of, of self-reflecting throughout the process to, to really find out, okay, why did I get depressed? What kept me depressed? What, um, what was holding, you know, like what, like what, what was the root cause within me of all this? And although there were a, a variety of reasons, um, I had to, To, you know, for me, I I love to write. Writing is um, uh, something that is very close to my heart. I have to put it down on paper um, and write them down and and look face to face, in a sense, with my problems. And um, for anyone out there who has been depressed, like, know that it is very normal to be comfortable in that depression. For me, because it was so long, it was roughly three years it became a lifestyle for me. It became the place where I felt most comfortable was my comfort zone. Like I knew how to be a failure. I knew how to hate myself. I knew how to not try in life and not fight um, for the, the, the life that God gave me. Um, I knew that. That's what I knew. That's where I was comfortable. So the number one thing that I noticed or that stands out to me when I i'm relapsing so to speak is when i get complacent with um something negative so if just on a small scale like if um for me writing right if my writing isn't working out if i haven't written a single good thing in like months and i'm just like okay i'm a bad writer like and i just sit in that i just and i just let that be my truth then i realize okay um, then what happens to me is I start getting um, very lazy. I don't want to hang out with people anymore. I just want to be by myself. Um, you know, I, I I find it harder and harder to um, to be in social settings because everyone else around me is happy, and in a very deep and real way, I'm not. And um, when I start to to withdraw myself from you know, situations, uh, you know, we're being social or just situations where I would have to try and put effort in, that's my number one. Um, just being complacent. Like if I've been in my room for three days straight, even if, sometimes it happens completely on accident, completely on accident. There could be, something could set me off and I wouldn't know it. And I just keep going about my day thinking that I'm perfectly fine, but then all of a sudden, I'll see Dami and she'll be like, I haven't seen you in like a week where you been at. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, have I spoke to anyone in a week? Have I, you know, like what, what, what happened? What have I been doing with my life? You know, like I start, you, complacency is my number one, um, red flag when it comes to, um, the, the depression. And also, you know, just, you know, the anxiety and the mannerisms I started, I I kind of got this, um. This hand or finger—I wouldn't say twitch, but it's just something I started doing with my hands. And sometimes when I'm really overwhelmed or emotional, it just starts to happen unconsciously. So that's when I know that it's really, really bad because, you know, it's—it's it's the, the anxiety and stuff comes back. But when that stuff happens, I try to um, not keep quiet about it and catch it early. Like even Dammy knows. I think it was. A year ago where I had probably my biggest breakdown since the, you know, uh, depression was over, so to speak. Um, And I remember it was really scary, not just for me, but for a lot of people um, towards the end of that semester because I wasn't doing so well in school. And I felt like, oh, my gosh, I was right so many years ago when I was depressed. I was right. I am a failure. I am nothing like those 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 thoughts and those voices came back um, to me. So it's just, it's something that you definitely have to continue fighting. It's, it's an ongoing battle that thankfully God has already claimed the victory over. I can say that like there's nothing, not that there's nothing I can do in my power, but I know at the end of the day that depression is a spirit, a spirit of darkness and all consuming spirit of, of self-hate of, um, of, of just the devil trying to tell you that you are not everything that God already told you that you are. So when those times come, I try to get around my, my, my God friends. You know what I mean? Not my good friends, my God friends.
0: <laughs> you heard that everybody, so. God friends.
1: Mm-hmm. You need, you need, need, need your community to to pray for you when you're not willing to pray for yourself. And, you know, I know, Dammy. like I'm telling you, this, this, this girl has been so much to me and more I know she prays for me I know she has a heart for me I know that um, if I ever came to her with any problems that her first thing to do would be to 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 help to do whatever she could in her power to help me so you have to get around your god friends in that moment because it's it is a spirit like let, let let that be understood right now that we are spiritual beings we exist on a spiritual level not just on a physical level so What happens in the spirit can manifest in the physical, just like in the Bible, everything that's done on earth is loosed in heaven and heaven, whether you think it's a physical or spiritual place, whatever that be, everything has a reaction. Every action has a reaction. So know that whether it be an eating disorder, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety, anger issues, those are spirits. Those Those are agents of the enemy trying to tell you things about your identity that God has already told you are not true. God, he he says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear and of weakness, I gave you a spirit of strength and of love and of power. And anytime you don't feel that, it's because something's coming against your God spirit. Something's coming against who God told you, who he created you to be, who he already told you you are. So you need to get around your God friends, people whose spirit are identified with Christ so that they can fight off that spirit within you. Cuz if you get around some people who their spiritual life isn't is so so, when that spirit comes to mingle around them and mingle around you, how what, you know, it's going to be I would say more difficult in a way for you to kind of combat that.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for advice and thank you I think you really taught us as a community because that was definitely the next thing I was going to ask you that Mm -hmm. how can the church community be more supportive and with those who are suffering from depression and just being there Mm -hmm. I see is one thing for sure that we can do Uh, would you say there's anything else as a church community that we can do to help our brothers and sisters who are going through this um I would definitely say just not to be
1: too ostracizing because I think a lot of times in the church we can feel like, well, we have to be these, you know, kumbaya, always happy folks so that we can go out and spread the light of the Lord to to, to the masses. Which, the light of Jesus. Yes. I love, love
0: Jesus.
1: Jesus, have you heard? Are you safe? Have you heard have about you my heard Lord? Jesus. And Jesus. <laughs> I love but, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the, the fact of the matter is that um, we weren't that light until God came and placed his spirit within us. True. So that light is not something inherent
0: True. to us
1: as a people. So do not ostracize. Like, I think a lot of times in the church, the person is, who is depressed can be looked at like, why are they depressed? How? They're in church. They know how much God loves them. How?"
0: Right. But right. you
1: don't understand the real world still exists. You know, True. like somebody could be going through things at home, could be going through things with their body, with their with um, the, their friendship group outside of church. You know, life doesn't just happen in church, nor should it. So don't be too ostracizing of people because there are a plethora of reasons, um, present, past, um, the fear of the future that could cause somebody to feel that way. And just because they feel that way and are in the darkness does not mean that you that they can't be a light because we were all in darkness at some point so we for you know for all we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god that's what the bible says no one among us is is inherently pure and light we are born sinners and it was god who placed his love in us and that love is what brought the light into our lives and into our spirit so i would just say one to be a listening ear Two, to not ostracize. Um, three, to simply be with that person. Like, if don't, don't force yourself in the sense of like, hey, let's go to Disney World and try to be happy. Like, if that person wants to just sit and not talk, sit and not talk. God will do the work on their hearts on the inside, you know? Um, just genuinely showing them a pure and simple sense of love and of caring. Um, and understanding that you may not understand and understanding if you do understand um, what they're going through can be all, all somebody needs to bring them out out of that dark time.
0: Wow. That's awesome advice that I for sure haven't heard anywhere else. So thank you so much for giving us that. And I like to just do, yes, thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, There's one thing that I like to do, or I'm going to ask every guest that comes on this podcast Um, Basically, you've given us a lot of advice as a community, um, even individually as people. You've went across the board for sure. But I want to ask you, for those who are struggling in their walk, uh, what advice could you give that person? What advice could you give somebody who is just, they're like, I'm just trying to survive this thing. Like, I don't know you know, I'm struggling with knowing Christ. I'm struggling even trying to be in the church. I'm struggling. What could you give them as some encouragement?
1: Hmm. Um, as a word of encouragement, I would say uh, that, Huh. I'm tra- and, and I know it's cliche for people to say not to give up, but I would say not to give up because just like, with an earthly relationship, it takes you longer to grow close to certain people than to other people, right? So maybe there's a girl, a boy, or a parent, an uncle, or whoever it may be, right? That for the most part, you're okay with, you're fine with them. You don't feel any close connection to them. You know, you wouldn't reach out to them. Just the way you feel with God right now, like, you know, I know he's there, I know I should have a close relationship with him, but I just don't feel that pull, that fire, to, to, to know him. Um, but then one day at, let's say a birthday party, a little cousin's birthday party, something funny happens and both of you laugh and there, and then you find that you guys have the same sense of humor, right? So it took you time to get to know that person until you found something that really helped you identify with that individual. Right. And just as that is true with people that's true with God as well. You have to continue to stay persistent, to get to know him so that you can find that God, you know, that God connection that, that, that lights you on fire. Like maybe it's not until you get to the gospels of, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you, you see the story of how, you know, God was crucified and everything. Maybe that's when you'll fall in love with him, or maybe it's beforehand when you hear all the stories about him and to you that makes him feel like this kind of hero, this legend that you're waiting on coming. There's so many aspects to God, just like there's so many aspects to an individual. So I would say to stay persistent, to find those, those, those key things about God that really you identify with those lessons that you feel like you identify with those stories about him that you feel like you identify with because God isn't someone that you just figure out in one book of the Bible, you know, um, and nor is someone, just like you can't figure someone out after one meeting with them. So um, I would just say to stay persistent because, you know, it's a relationship you're building. So, yeah.
0: Thank you. Very, very much. Funny enough, uh, Jumi had actually said something similar to that on the mm. last podcast. So that seems to be something and that everybody wants everybody else to know. And yeah. I agree with that literally 100. It does take time, so mm-hmm. thank you for that, and thank you so much for coming on this <laughs> podcast. I've uh, Been trying to get you here for a minute. <laughs> have a lot of technical difficulties, but we figured it out. So yes, <laughs> I appreciate you so much.
1: No and problem. Thank you. Thank you for starting this because you know the the world needs to hear these things, and thank you for asking the hard questions and. Just trying to
0: bring more of God's word to the world. Right, the real, mm-hmm. Will the real God stand up, please. The real Jesus stand up,
1: <laughs> please stand up, please,
0: <laughs> please. But thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can follow the Planter on at the Planter at Instagram or on Instagram, and also on Twitter too. Again, that's at the Planter T H E p-l-a-n-n-t-e-r and just let y'all know got a new website up so just head over there at the planter.com google the planter.com so thank you again and i hope that you guys listen to the next podcast which i'm sure will be so interesting i can't wait to invite the next guest on